to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius and I'm riding solo on this particular episode, the pre-draft episode here of the podcast. And I hope all of you are well and safe. Anxious for the draft, I hope. And I, I want to lead in with this. This this episode, you know, I we did a mock draft, me and Chris. I posted my mock draft on the Instagram, my personal Instagram at Ladarius underscore Brown and at Sports the World. And I also did my personal Twitter at Ladarius underscore Brown. The Instagram is Ladarius double underscore Brown. Long story. But so a lot it seems has changed. Out of the Chiefs giving up their first round pick to the Ravens, so the Ravens have two first round picks, which is interesting because I think one of those picks they're going to target a receiver. And because I think everybody in that trade kind of wins because the Chiefs get a get a very talented uh, left tackle in Orlando Brown, and the Ravens get us another first round pick to invest potentially on offense to replace Orlando Brown, you know, and, and maybe get Lamar Jackson another weapon on the outside or an edge player, depending on how the board falls. And then, rather recently, Teddy Bridgewater traded to the Broncos for a six-round pick. But he, here's the kicker of that trade. You see, the Panthers are giving $7 million contributing to to essentially trade to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and the remaining $3.5 million owed is going to be paid by Denver. And we're going to circle back to that in a minute. But I want to lead in with a conversation the things that I read. And particularly, you're seeing Chris Sims' mock draft. You know, you love him or hate him, Chris Sims wasn't that far off back in 2018 in his assessment of the quarterbacks. But this year, it's interesting, uh, his mock draft and my mock draft, spread at the top, not all that different. You know, you got Lawrence, and you got Zach Wilson. You got, you know, we'll, we'll you know, once again, we'll get to that. But the most interesting thing about his mock draft was that he had Justin Fields going 32nd. And I said, that's preposterous. Why? And then, once again, this is what I say about social media. We get the shock and all, and we don't try to understand the reasoning behind why somebody did what they did. Listen, there are some mock drafts that are just not people put out that are just for the sake of putting them out. There's no thought process. But I really do believe, like, I'm not, you know, I put thought in mind. I can't speak for everybody else's mock draft. I'm just saying some are, some, you know, some are, some are. But seeing, seeing him at 32, I said, could. Could Justin Fields be falling? And 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 I think there's some stock to it because with the 49ers, you hear the talk. It's gonna be on Thursday. Is it that they're gonna go with Trey Lance or Mac Jones? And I just think it's interesting because if you see my mock draft, once again go, you know, on my Instagram, at Ladares underscore Brown and Sports the World on on Instagram. I have him going to the Niners. You know, Justin Fields to me, you know, is the second best quarterback. But but there is but Zach Wilson, 
Listen, I, I explained it on the podcast with Chris that I think the Jets are just locked in on Zach Wilson. I if they could re- they could go Justin Fields, but I really think they're committed to Zach Wilson because anything that you read, anything that comes from Joe Douglas and Robert Saleh, the head coach, is that they're Zach Wilson's their guy. And so that's why I say, listen, Zach Wilson's to me is maybe the third best quarterback, but Justin Fields is, you know, is ahead. Here's the thing. I just, you know, my, my concern is this. Why is he falling? Because you have a guy, you look at his size, you you, you look you look at him and you go, well, well, what's the problem? You know, you're getting about a six, you're getting a six-three quarterback. He can run a four-four. He's going to be probably one of your top three, four fastest guy on your team. He's a proven starter. He's a proven leader. This guy played hurt. He beat Trevor Lawrence, and not just beat him. It was it was over kind of by the half type thing. He has all the tools and the dynamics. So why is he falling? And and I believe that there's something that's out there that's yet to be revealed because when you hear. You know, coaches. This this is where I got on to circle back. This is why I was upset at what like Dan Orlovsky said. I respect Dan Orlovsky. Don't get me wrong, but when you're going hearsay about what you heard about his work ethic, is there stock into what Dan Orlovsky said? Are people are these is teams like the Niners? Maybe are they questioning work ethic? Because one of the things I don't question a man's work ethic who's willing, who was willing to play, he could have sat out and been a still, in my opinion, stock still high. Like Jamar Chase, he sat out LSU wide receiver, gonna be the first receiver off the board. Your stock does not fall, not always because of your play, it's because of extrinsic factors, Ex- things outside the scope. Is it his work ethic? Is it, you know, is he is he really a guy that's the last one in, first one out? I don't think that's true because, like I said, I don't believe in conjecture. Because when you hear what Ryan Day has to say, Ryan Day is like, you need to draft this guy. And because, listen, Ryan Day also coached Dwayne Haskins. Wasn't that so? And I, I whiffed along with other people thinking that, Dwayne Haskins was going to be, you know, this great, you know, Danny Dimes ended up being better. You could say by proxy, by default, whatever. But we have people bamming on the table who know him. I listened to the head coach because, you know, coaches say, oh, coaches, not all coaches are blowing smoke. But my point is this. If he does fall, will this be like an Aaron Rodgers type fall? Because remember, back in the 2000 in five draft, 16 years ago, you know, everybody thought, oh, Aaron Rodgers may be first overall. You know, San Francisco took Alex Smith from Utah. Aaron Rodgers fell to 24 to the Packers. He fell into a good organization. So 
when people are clamoring like, oh, he's falling, he's going to... Listen, when you fall down a draft, that means there's good teams at the bottom. There's, you know, there's somewhat stable organizations. Because at the top, eh, maybe some dysfunction. But for the most part, there's pretty, you know, stable organizations, you know, from the bottom half to of the draft. So if he does fall, does this change the narrative that, does it change the narrative of how we see Justin Fields? Because the reality is, I can't see a flaw. Like, like as much as I hype Zach Wilson, I'm not gonna. I didn't disagree with everything Chris said about Zach Wilson. Because listen, I get it. The size. There's the bust. High bust potential. There's a really is a high risk, but you need a high reward. There's a potential high risk, low reward out of Zach Wilson. I get that. But I just feel like I said the Jets are locked in on him. Trevor Lawrence to me is the best quarterback in this draft. There's not, there's not many flaws. And I think what people when he said in that SI interview, I think people misconstrued, you know, what he said and he clarified it. But the point is, is that when when, when Trevor Lawrence said, you know, he didn't play with a chip on his shoulder, I had a problem with it because everybody, guys like Brady, who was pick one ninety nine, the sixth round of the draft. Guys like Russell Wilson, he was a third rounder. Drew Brees, listen, those guys play with chips on their shoulder and they're Hall of Famers, or soon to be Hall of Famers. So, but when you're Trevor Lawrence, the narrative changes where it's not about proving people wrong, it's about proving people right. And that can be harder than proving people wrong. Because here's an all time great example. Coming out of college, I don't care what the sport is. The sport is superfluous here. I'm going to get back on track in a minute. But here's the thing. When, you, when you've been um, numero uno, you've been number one coming out of high school, you're college. Heck, even, even when you played in your football league, you know, Pop Warner, and you were always the best. Like Trevor Lawrence was. When we first saw Trevor Lawrence, we said sky's the limit. When we saw him come out of Georgia. We we, we saw that. So he never had to play with a chip on his shoulder because he was always the number one guy. And and I'm not gonna punish him for that. Because listen, in life, it's it can be very, very difficult to make people look right because you can't make mistakes. You have to be perfect. When you're proving people wrong, that's essentially saying you're proving them right. Like if you come out and you're terrible, like, well, I told you so. When you're proving them right, when you're trying to prove people wrong, you gotta defy the obstacles. And those are great stories. Listen, Tom Brady is probably one of the greatest stories, period. This guy, six rounder to the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. We were told that you can't find franchise guys beyond certain rounds, but you can. So my point is, when I look at this draft, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I feel has he has to prove people right that he's worth that pick. He has to prove people wrong. There's no, there was no debate. No one's going to argue you down. 
But in the in the case of Justin Fields, I kind of felt the same way. It's like Justin Fields just has to prove people right, because a lot of people like him more than they don't. My my biggest argument is that you know with with Trey Lance and Mac Jones, they both kind of played. I think they played the same amount of games. And what you're getting with Mac Jones is is that is the way these offensive, you know. Are we basing this off of one year that he's going to be a franchise guy? Trey Lance, competition. I have more questions about them than I do about Fields or Lawrence. In the in the order from one to five of these quarterbacks, from the least amount of concern to most concern, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, I would say Trey, Trey Lance and Mac Jones are tied. Because I have equal concerns. And and I feel the narrative with Justin Fields could be Aaron Rodgers-esque. It's where he's going to fall to a great organization. It feels as though in one organization, and I'm not going to fully take credit for it, you know, Rachel Van Oranen, at Game Day, OJ, and all social media, check her out. She's a good friend. You know, I, I think we're friends. I don't You have to ask her. <laughs> But she brought the Minnesota Vikings. And the question that I didn't really hear asked when it came to quarterbacks on the move was about Kirk Cousins. I call him Kirk Kissing Cousins, and, you know, listen, I, I think he's great. I think he's good. But they're rebuilding. And I feel at some point, with the money he's getting, I think... He's the highest paid guy on the team. Not even close. You got rid of Kyle Rudolph. You got rid of Stephon Diggs. You know, could, could Thielen be one foot out? I don't know. But it's rebuilding. Clearly, when you saw getting Justin Jefferson, they have great defensive players. You know, we have multiple picks. They're utilizing on defense. They're rebuilding. And do you want to rebuild with a quarterback who's 30, 32, 33, and you're paying a lot of money? Why wasn't his name mentioned? And, and I'll tell you why. His cap number is super high. It's, here's the thing. If, if, and this is key, if, they do, if they would have moved on from Kirk Cousins, and they, before June 1st, which they still could, it's a dead cap of 20 million, and they only save 11. But if they move him essentially after the draft, you know, after June 1st, the dead cap is 10 million both in 2021, this year and next year, at 10 million apiece. But you save 21 million if you trade him. Cutting him, it's negative. You should, you're not going to cut it. So the reason why. I feel that the Vikings could be low-key looking for a quarterback is because they probably couldn't move him because of his high cap number and his age. I think when you look around the league, where did you see? Kirk Cousins could have been a bear, but did the Bears have the appropriate cap space? Could they have made cap space for him? I don't know. But, you know, he's probably maybe, do you want to trade him in division? I get it. But could he have gone to 
San Francisco. Could be potentially going to Oakland. You know, there's, you know, and maybe cap restructuring of contracts. But here's my point. The reason why you didn't see him traded, because they probably are saying, okay, if we can get a quarterback in this draft, because when you look at the needs of the Minnesota Vikings, they're still rebuilding. They could go offensive line. They, they, they really could. And you, I'd be okay with that. But, if you if you look at it this way, you know, if you look at the mock draft that I did, and you see who I had Minnesota going, going with there, you can you can look and, and I'll tell you. So I had them going at a position that I felt hey they they really needed. I didn't I don't feel like drafted out of position. So I had them going safety. Trevor Mooring from TCU. Now he's the best safety in this draft. It's a position of need because they're rebuilding that defense, the back end. But if Justin Fields falls somehow, some way to 14, because we know the Giants aren't going to go quarterback the Eagles if they're smart not going to get a quarterback if he starts to free fall he starts to free fall would not be the worst idea because of Kirk Cousins high cap number then when you trade him you you can get something back for him but the most important thing is that you save 21 million dollars you could trade him in, you know, after you know June first, get cap, get your get your cap situation right, and you have you can go into rebuild. But that's if Justin Fields free falls. Now, the reason why I feel he shouldn't free fall, if we're going to circle back to the 49ers, is is that the argument of Trey Lance with Mac Jones is interesting because if those were the two choices, listen, I'm going to be honest, I'd rather go with Kyle Pitts. Because I just have too many questions. Trey Lance, North Dakota State, listen, we've seen a North Dakota State quarterback, you know, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is on his second team. He's, he's already on another team. And, you know, maybe through no fault of his own, maybe because of his bad, you know, whatever. We've seen, we've seen that story. Do we want to see, you know, is Trey Lance, can Trey Lance be better than Carson Wentz? That's the question. And second, with Matt Jones, listen, I'm an SEC guy all the way through. But, is Matt Jones the key? Can Matt Jones, I listen, he's a top 10, 15 guy. Listen, it's the same way I, I love, and we'll get to, and it's, it's one of the questions I, you know, I went on Twitter and asked folks for questions, and two people answered because I didn't want to take a whole, maybe, and next time, I, I love to take all questions from you guys, and I didn't feel a defensive player was worth a top five pick, but if you're going to, if you're thinking Trey Lance or Mac Jones, go Kyle Pitts, and then you put the Falcons, my Falcons, 
in a very precarious and to me easy decision you trade down because if the Niners go quarterback then you get Kyle Pitts you don't you you put Kyle Pitts, Pitts name on that card and you turn it in virtually how you do it you get Kyle Pitts it's not even a discussion because if you're the Atlanta Falcons you're kind of in that semi rebuild mode because there's reports that listen GM Terry Fodno, who I like, he's a very honest dude. He's like, listen, we got listen, we got a cap situation. He said the same thing about Matt Ryan. Listen, we have to we're there in a listen, we're in a cap conundrum. And here's why listen, Julio Jones is 32 years old as a receiver, and we've seen precedents. We've seen look, the Texans moved on from DeAndre Hopkins. Teams, teams can move on to at a certain age. Listen, you become expendable. Listen, the Panthers loved Steve Smith. They moved on. It was it was the money and the age. If if he got listen, if you if he got the deal like AJ Green got, if he was like a one, if he was not making no more than ten million, we wouldn't have a conversation. It's the fact that if you trade him after the draft. It's $15.3 million. I do believe Julio Jones is going to get traded after the draft. And that's why I clamored even before the reports came out. Even before this. I said the Falcons have to trade either Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. And I said Julio Jones. You could find the episode, the transcripts, but I know I said it. Because it makes too much sense. I love Julio Jones. But when you look across the league, when your receiver is making big money. Listen, I'm not saying this play for cheap, but listen, you also gotta at some point pay Calvin Ridley. And then you, and if you draft Pitts, you gotta pay Kyle Pitts. This is why I say when you draft a playmaker now, draft a playmaker now, and if you're gonna get rid of Julio Jones, you draft Kyle Pitts, it makes the trade of Julio Jones, it softens the blow. Because we, as fans, you have to be equally optimistic as pessimistic. You have to be very pragmatic. Listen, do you want... Listen, we're in a cap quandary. There's no two ways about it. You got to move on from it. So, in my opinion, I I think that's the the best option. So, you know, before we wrap up the show with a couple of questions from Twitter... Check out, listen to this episode and every episode and like and subscribe to this episode on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. And check us out on social media at Sports the World on Twitter and Instagram. Also check out my personal Twitter. It's at Ladares underscore Brown and Instagram at Ladares double underscore Brown. So once again, check out this episode and every episode, wherever your podcast can be heard so now as we wrap up we took a couple of questions i took a couple of questions and there was there's two questions i hope to get out more it was a last minute thing so so the first question comes from at at the underscore kim underscore show just a very good it was not much of a question she asked not a question so much as a choose your own adventure for the falcons at pick number four Pitts versus Fields 
best and worst case scenarios for you. To me, the best case scenario for Kyle Pitts is that this guy is going to be one of the best tight ends within the next three years, three to five years. Tremendous upside. I think he plays like a wide receiver. You see how, when you see guys like Kittle and Gronk and Kelsey, they're basically they're basically receivers in tight ends clothing. Kyle Pitts can play out of his mind. He can win the jump ball. His athleticism at his side running 4-4. To me, that's the best. You get a guy that you know you have a face, one of the faces of your franchise maybe the next decade. Or because tight end, you know, decade and a half possibly. I think he's that good. The worst case scenario for Pitts is, is that maybe he's just a regular tight end. Maybe the game gets, but to me, there's no really worst case scenario for Kyle Pitts. So, so now shifting to Fields, Fields is interesting. I think the best case scenario, listen, yeah, we get a guy that sits behind Matt Ryan. That's best case scenario, and he could end up being one of the best quarterbacks in this league under Arthur Smith, under, you know, you know, and then the offense he runs, you know, draft a wide, you know, draft a running back have a great combo back there Najee Harris Javante Williams whoever we get that's best case scenario the offensive train doesn't get off the tracks the worst case scenario is is that Matt Ryan plays like Aaron Rodgers and in the women's situation like the Packers are now with Jordan Love Jordan Love hasn't touched the field Jordan Love hasn't taken a snap and we and they invested a first round pick, which I defended because listen, Matt, listen, Aaron Rodgers' age, and I get that's the same logic we're using for Matt Ryan. But, but my biggest point is is that will he just end up if Matt Ryan just keeps playing like Matt Ryan? Listen, if we get MVP Matt Ryan like he did about what the four or five years, if we get that Matt Ryan, we get that. Listen, we we, we essentially. Or sending a guy for four years and make him expendable, and like, and at some point, I'm not saying that's a that's a worst case. That's just like, we we could have got Pitts, somebody who can help. If Matt Ryan was going to play this way, to me, that's the worst case scenario because now you're going to force Fields when Matt Ryan's playing. It's going to be a quarterback controversy where it really shouldn't be, because in Green Bay, like, oh. It's, they're Rogers on the way out. You're gonna get those type of questions, and you, and to me, they're it would be warranted questions. But that to me, that's the worst case scenario there. If we do go after, do if we do go after Justin Fields, those are the best and worst case scenarios for both Pitts and Fields. And the last question comes from at CD. He simply asked Sertan or Horn. To me, it's Patrick Sertan the second. Even even when I, I've been high on Patrick Sertan the second since March, like I, you know, literally you could probably go maybe late February because I guess I saw enough film on him. You know, he in Alabama. You watch, listen, SEC on CBS. Listen, you watch him pretty much every week or every other week or so. You watch him, you know, in big games. He was locking down big-time players. 
and and so was J.C. Horn from South Carolina. But I just think Patrick Sertan, he's a lockdown corner. People are like, oh, we throw around that word. No, he, you can't go wrong with either. Like him, with Sertan, Horn, Farley, and don't sleep on Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. Don't sleep on him. Please don't. Because I can, you can't, don't comp, for the record, don't comp Sertan with his father and don't do it to Asante Samuel. Because when I look at Patrick Sertan, he could be Darrell Revis-like. And and quite possibly Asante Samuel Jr. could He has that proclivity. When you really look at his game, it's really tough to comp because he's nothing. I don't think he's nothing like his father. I think when you look at the way that Asante Samuel Jr. plays, you could get a guy. I want to say Richard Sherman like, but I'm not saying he's Richard Sherman. And like Horn and and Farley. Listen, you got four good corners in this draft. So, but to me, it's Sertan, it's Horn, it's Farley, and Asante. I think they will all be first round picks. In my mock draft, I have four of them going because I feel that that position, you look around the league, you have this Noah effect, two great receivers yet. So you have two of everything that's good. To me, it's the Noah effect. So get another corner. if you, Because listen, one of those four guys is going to slip. And, you know, Farley may be that guy. So, if you ask me today, you ask me tomorrow, I think Sertan's going to be the first corner to go. He might, he's, it's me, I'm going to the Cowboys at 10. So, but before we wrap up to put a bow on it, you know, one of the things that I, I talked about, and I talked about this in in my articles that I, I wrote for ProSportsX.com, check them on Twitter, at X underscore ProSports, good people there. And I circle back to the Kyle Pitts argument. Is that Pitts is the best player in this draft. And sometimes, and this is a closing thought. When you're the best player in the draft, don't assume you're going number one. Because you team needs. You go with the best player at the best at the position of need. The Panthers, the year Cam Newton was drafted, I thought that Patrick Peterson coming out of LSU was the best player. But he fell to the Cardinals. Still a top 10 pick. But that year, Cam Newton was the best quarterback and the Panthers needed a franchise quarterback. So, if in this draft, you're, we're going to see three things happen. I think you'll, you will see a, you'll see a team snatch up a quarterback that none of us saw happen. Because if Justin Fields has fallen, somebody will catch him, a la Aaron Rodgers. Am I saying that Aaron Rodgers, am I, going, am I saying that Justin Fields will be the next Aaron Rodgers? No, but I'm saying it could happen. Number two, somebody will attempt to trade up and somebody will trade down. I think the best, the, the team that sticks out to me that could trade down is the Detroit Lions because you see what they gave up to get rid of Matt Stafford and to get Jared Goff. They gave up some, they gave up some early picks. They have six picks. Trade down, they're rebuilding. 
And if the draft falls at seven, and let's just say Justin Fields falls to seven, could a team like Denver, could a team like New England, could they impossibly maybe package Stephon Gilmore? You know, because listen, they're rebuilding in Detroit. And you just say, oh, we'll take this, we'll swap first rounders, and they can get picks. New England has no problem giving up picks. They have, so teams to look out for a team like either the Patriots to potentially trade up or the Denver Broncos and just because they got Teddy Bridgewater is not taking out the market the, the old adage is this just because so some people oh yeah we have one car why not get another car people don't see the problem with that and I think if you're it's exploring options and the third thing you're going to see is that you're going to see and this is about the 49ers you're going to see them control the draft because whoever they don't pick if because to me it's it, it has to be a quarterback but if they swerve and get Kyle Pitts you're going to see the Falcons to me that they can trade down whatever the whatever the John Lynch does and Kyle Shanahan does controls the rest of that draft because teams may not have to trade. More teams may try to trade up. Teams are going to trade down. Like, you know what? Okay. If we can get a get a nice couple of package. That's why I say the Lions are in play. Because when you look at the Bengals, they're not getting a quarterback. The Dolphins ain't getting a quarterback. So then you kind of look at the Lions. They could get anybody. They can get Micah Parker. Patrick, they can get anybody. But they can trade down and probably get a, a quality player and get picks. You can't beat that. So those are the three things to look out for. So until you hear us again on Friday, be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe, and enjoy the draft from all of us here at the Sports and the World Podcast.